Well, hey, everyone. We are here for a very special episode of Hollywood Boulevard. That's right. Greetings, direwolves. Thanks for joining us as we talk about a show that is not Melrose Place and one that is sadly a thing of the past as of last night. I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm feeling sadly about that. <laughs> well, we'll see how we feel at the beginning of this and see if any of us have changed our minds by the end. We should add that we've got two, not one, we've got two very special guests with us. We have got my friend, Joseph Gabriel. He is the ultimate Game of Thrones nerd. Is that okay that I called you that? Uh, I would prefer it. Okay. <laughs> Game of Thrones nerd is, is actually the best thing. No, no, no. The ultimate, ultimate Game of Thrones There's nerd. There's some ultimate nerds out there for <laughs> sure, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm working my way up the nerd ladder. That's for sure. So we cannot have this Game of Thrones conversation without Joe being a part of it. So he is here with me. And here with me is someone I don't want to have a Game of Thrones conversation on. I would definitely call her the resident Game of Thrones expert here in our house, and that is special guest star, recurring player, Alyssa Marr. Hi. Hi. Hey, Alyssa, have you read the books? I have. Oh, Ooh. good. And Doug, have you read? Not a single one. Okay. Okay. That's, so That's good, though. That's good. We've got we'll three book readers and one not. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Okay, where do we begin? Oh, well, I think we begin with me looking at some of the clothes we have around our apartment here mm-hmm. because I'm looking at some of the Game of Thrones socks I bought for Alyssa for her last birthday. So. Aww. So, Alyssa, I didn't know. You were a fan. You are a big fan. Yeah, big fan. Okay. I guess we just dive right in. I don't know if we should talk. Um, we should start. I think we should maybe start with the, the final season on the whole and then dive into the the last last night's episode or the final episode, depending on yes, when you're listening to it. I think we should talk sort of just generally a little bit about how we felt about the last season, maybe even like the last two, because they were both shorter seasons and technically were originally envisioned, I think, as one long one, sort of broken in half. Um, but before we do any of that, I just, like, before we get into specifics, I think we should go around, if you will, and say just generally our thoughts having seen last night's finale. Yeah, you Can't- took the words out of my mouth. I'm curious. It's just like one word, you know, descriptors <laughs> of how you felt. Okay. Right? All right, go ahead. Go, Joe, what, what did you think? Completely dissatisfied. Ooh, dissatisfied. Okay. Alyssa? We talk about just this last episode. Well, now that it's all done, they're taking him out. Um, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Okay, Doug. Right. I'd say disappointed, but okay with it. I'm going with devastated. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Devastated. Yeah. About devastated about what? How they wrapped the? I feel cheated. I feel absolutely cheated. But why? Oh my god, where to start? Where? Yeah, so, I don't know. Like, where do you Okay, first of all, they should you know what they should have done? They should have just ended it after the the the, the, the they battled the de- the dead, right? Like I kind of feel like that would have been a more satisfying ending to me if it had ended there rather than dragging this bullshit out to Westeros. Just let Cersei rule. Who cares? Well, because that's how yep. I feel like they wrapped it up. They they built up all of this shit 
over how many books do we have now, by the way? We're on five, five books. Five books, eight seasons. Yep. They built all this shit up. And that's it. Well. So, yeah. I mean, basically, yes. So let's step back and talk a little bit about where we were going into this last season. Let Karen and Joe, you start by saying what you would have liked to have had happen. Um... I'm not too disappointed in what actually happened. I think that my disappointment is that we didn't really get the correct plot buildup for what went down. I, um, I will agree with that. I agree with so that. So we're missing a lot of uh, development um, and the reasons for a lot of the character deconstruction that we saw throughout the final season. And I get it. Like, you know, there's only so much time that you have. Uh, not that I think that HBO would have been down for another five or six seasons of this, you know what I mean, with all the attention that they got. But six episodes, which were equal to about eight, I think, in length to the common season. Yeah, right? yeah, about eight, eight and a half. Um, it just wasn't enough time. Yeah. And they had a little bit of filler in there. They did do a good job of, like, you know, trimming back the filler this season. So I will give them a thumbs up on that. But. In general, uh, we didn't get what we needed to believe in the things that we were seeing. So, I mean, Daenerys is probably, I think, in my my opinion, the best example of that. I agree. Um, and there's been, you know, kind of a lot of talk about, you know, what her character has gone through and examples of, you know, why this makes sense. And we could debate those. We could do a whole show just on Daenerys' character. Um, but in general, I, I thought that it was underdeveloped. Um, and it seemed to me as though the plot was what was guiding a lot of character action as opposed to the other way around. Um, I read this Twitter thread. Pardon me. I'm sorry for, yeah, for yeah. jumping in. But it's sort of interesting that you said that because I read this Twitter thread. that made a lot of sense. And I actually did not realize this about Martin's writing. He's a pantser, not a plotter. Did you know that? Uh, no, no. Okay. Do you know what a pantser and a plotter is? No, no. Oh, okay. okay <laughs> you're just like, I'm like, you're no, just like no. smiling okay. at me, like yeah. you're talking out your ass. Yeah, that sounds okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So when, when you write, when you're a writer, some writers plot out everything very intricately and then other writers just have the story in their head and they just go, but they like, they like kind of like, they go, oh, well, I'm going to go where the characters take me. And so I didn't realize this, that Martin is a pantser, not a plotter. Which, on the one hand, makes sense when he takes us to Marine and keeps us there for a really, really, really long fucking time. Yeah. Because he doesn't know what how to get to how to get us yeah, out, you right. know. But at the same time, I always thought, because because the plots are so intricately woven, that I was like, how can you... He has to be a plotter. He can't be a pantser. I think he's plotting in his head. But... It's like, he's got to be. He's got to be. Yeah. I feel like he, from the beginning, kind of had different visions for what characters would look like in the end and he kind of right. got them there um but what he doesn't do is have to turn turn back right and he's actually talked about this before it's interesting um he's never retconning anything you know so, right and, and, whereas dan and dave in the show retconned the shit out of Arya stark you know retconned everything about daenerys targaryen right you right. know so there's a lot of like you know, you have to kind of like 
It's almost as though you had to watch the after the episode to try to like figure out what, figure out what the hell they were going for. Like, right. That's a fucking problem. Right, know? right. So, well, this guy on Twitter, and I was like, and he was basically saying what Martin did because he was a pantser, not a plotter, was he created the the characters that he ended up creating were really needy and wonderful and you followed them because it wasn't a plot that was driving it was the characters driving right and now with benioff and weiss at the wheel it's become a plot driven thing rather than a character driven right and, and that that's a perfect segue into my next point is that like i i this whole thing fell apart when the books went away so when they didn't have something to work within um you immediately started to see dialogue, and yeah. trip, like just, <laughs> just like kind fall of off. Like, I don't know how many times I need to hear that Tyrion's going to die with a you know with his cock in someone's mouth and a, yeah. and, a, and a horn of ale. You know, it's like how many times are we going to get this over and over again? Right, uh, where just like repeat lines, um, and they're just running out of material. Like the wit was all gone. Whereas in the first four or five seasons, you had dialogue straight out of the books and it's brilliant right um and now it's you know it's sticky it's, yeah, it's it, sticky it it's yeah. kind of sticky yeah, yeah. So it's like watching a rerun yeah in a way yeah yeah Alyssa, what do you think uh in general or like how the show progressed yeah how like do you do you agree with that that when, when the books ran out they they kind of i mean you know everyone there was a lot of the, the story going on about how they knew how George R. R. Martin had intended on ending it, so they based they based their plots on that. I don't know if I believe that because, as you guys know, the books are so different; have gone on in completely different directions. Like it might be that Bran is set to rule Westeros by the end, but also it's like I don't really believe that. I don't believe that. Martin, we, we never got there. Right, do you mean? Like, right. I don't believe that any of the what's going on in the books is going to lead to this. But I do agree that, I mean, I don't know. Part of it, I agree with you, and I don't, because even when they were following the books pretty closely, they or even when they were trying to follow the books pretty closely, they weren't. You know, the second season is very different from the second book. Um, and then, you know, four, the books four and five are very, you know, there's characters in one book that aren't in the other. They follow two separate sets of characters. Yeah, I I don't, not to interrupt, but they just can't do that on HBO, right? Yeah. Which I thought was actually kind of a really weird move from Martin anyway, but. Well, I thought that, I mean, as far as adaptations go, you know, page to screen or stage or whatever, I thought they did a phenomenal job from, like, picking out the stories to follow. Because, I mean, Martin's world is so, there's so many characters. And, like, you know, I, I would always sort of go, well, no wonder he kills everybody off because he just has too many fucking characters. you got to get rid of them. Right. You know, so might as well just, you know, off with their heads. Um but I think that I, I, so I always kind of wondered what they would do with all of these characters. And then, of course, like you have the fan favorites, because didn't the hound die right away? Which, which brother, the mountain or the hound, died right away in the books? The hound is presumed dead, but then there's like talk in the books that there's a grave digger that looks like him. I don't know. 
for me, I don't think they did a good job of adapting the books at all past season one. Um, because I think they fell into the trap of fan service yeah. for most of it. Um, and well, really, think, there I are think a lot that's of why they didn't kill off some characters, for sure. Right, and there are a lot of storylines, like the Dorn storyline, the, yeah. the Iron Islands, which is one of my favorite aspects of the book. I think they completely shit all over. Mm. Um, I think there are a lot of characters that got a bum deal. I think Men's Raider got a bum deal. Um... Again, the Martells, <laughs> all of the other Greyjoys that were Euron, like, um, can't even think of anything right now. I'm yeah, I, I agree with you about Dorne. That, that was a travesty. But I don't know how, like, in their defense, right, like, they have to be able to progress the plot kind of quickly. Right. And the Dornish plotline, as much as I love it, it really is my favorite part of the books. Maybe, I'm, really? maybe I'm, I'm biased because it's like kind of like this like Andalusian you know, uh. Middle Eastern feel, and I love the Dornish chapters and everything that has to do with Dorn and you know uh, Arian Martell and Darkstar and all that stuff is like really cool, right? Right. Um, and it's kind of sad because in a way, because I've watched the show, I've almost forgotten some of the the stuff. It's yeah, just, it's almost like yeah. it's become the story in a way. So I, I can't wait to if. Martin finishes book six. Uh, I look forward to going back and rereading them. But yeah, I think that, you know, I give them like a, a B plus on following the show up to about like season five. Yeah. Uh, following the books rather. What, I, but even like when they, like what did they do to Cersei? You know, Cersei had so much more depth in the book and on screen she was just this evil vindictive bitch who would do anything for power when it's like there was a lot of well not that I trust them to do anything right when it comes to women but like <laughs> there was a lot of like she had this struggle and like how I'm a woman and how come I can't rule why do I have to just get married you know she was in an unhappy marriage about regretting yes she's a sociopath but um you know she she really did there was a lot more to her than just She's evil and vindictive and will stop at nothing. Um, like, I, I just think Cersei got the shaft, especially in the last two seasons. Um, and we never really got the showdown that I think we deserved between no. her and Daenerys. I mean, yeah, I just want to say as someone who didn't read the books and quite honestly was sort of unfamiliar with the whole world until the show debuted, um, I... My understanding was that whatever changes they made, whatever omissions were made in the adapting uh, during the first five seasons, I'll say, they were pretty loyal to the integrity of the novels and the integrity of Martin's world. Um, I mean, I can't speak to the details the way you guys just have, but I can say I did no notice a marked difference once they really had to deviate from having a blueprint to having none. Um, and But I feel like when people are talking about the big disappointments from the last six episodes that come down to a couple big things. And I think each one of them was an example where as, as showrunners, they didn't stick the landing. So we're talking about, um, the night King and the white walkers for me, specifically the comeuppance, or I guess just the way we said goodbye to Cersei and Jamie. Um, and then Daenerys for me, those are like the three big things. Are those the things that specifically left you with 
a bad taste in your mouth, or is it is it like a general everything the way it was done? I think. Well, I mean, to to sort of jump, move back a little bit mm-hmm. to Alyssa's point with Cersei, I actually didn't feel that disappointment with Cersei. I felt it with Daenerys. And there are no, you know, there are no women in that writer's room. And, and I think that is definitely a problem. I mean, Danny in the books, there were hints of Danny's bloodthirst in her bloodlust. There were always hints dropped. Um, you know, she was constantly ready to go to war. She was constantly, you know, yes, she freed the slaves, but she also, I think, had some, got some measure of pleasure out of, out of destroying men she didn't like. And, and that, you know, but I think that they sort of in the show kind of white knighted her a lot and made her more of a savior character. So then when it came time for her to like, you know, just burn the whole thing down, it didn't ring true. Whereas in the books, like if they had made her much more three dimensional, like she was in the books, um, I think that, that last moment of her burning King's Landing to the ground would have made a hell of a lot more sense. Well, what, and I agree with you. Um, what I've been saying a lot for the last eight days since the Bells episode has been there's a difference between foreshadowing and character development. And so I think, yeah, even watching the eight seasons, I can say, yes, they planted seeds here and there for, for her ultimate explosion. Um, but planting seeds is different than letting the plant or the flower grow. Um, and so it didn't seem completely random, but it didn't seem developed well enough. And, and here's maybe my controversial contribution to the Daenerys thing is I don't think Amelia Clark is a good enough actress to have helped any transition we needed here. And during the second half of the, not the last, but the fifth episode, um, once the attack begins, we never get a read, a physical close-up of Daenerys, really. We don't see her expression in any way to communicate anything, whether it's anger or or insanity or stoicism or anything. We just see the destruction. We just see, you know, Drogon doing its thing, but we don't see her. And to me, that compounded what was already sort of a flawed writing decision. Um, and that's sort of where I came from with, you know, not feeling very satisfied with that decision. However, I will say then, the way they were able to uh, spin it out into the last 80 minutes for last night's finale felt appropriate. So it may not have been a decision I agreed with, but I think the way that they continued it out, I was okay with. Hmm. Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> I'm, I'm still thinking about the Cersei is uh, one-dimensional from Melissa. I, I okay, know. what do you think? Well, no. well, I think Don't agree? <clears throat> no. I, I, I was empathetic to her situation the entire series. Well, she, all, she, loved her, she lived for her kids, and her kids are dead. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. thought that she was probably one of the best characters in terms of like the the depth of feel that we had with her right um from each one of her kids deaths she gets like progressively more and more crazy and and uh and also kind of like directed in her goals which right is, which is interesting so she 
you know, the more pain she goes through, the more she's power tripping. But um, it's interesting that we're like talking about both of these characters at the same time, right? Because that's kind of what season seven and eight really was, was like the the juxtaposition of Daenerys and Cersei Lannister. Right. And if you go back, this isn't my take, actually. I heard this take from someone on YouTube. And before the, the end of the show, I'll give uh, the channel out so we can give credit where credit's due. But um, raised an amazing point. Like If you look at the two characters from the beginning of the series and follow them all the way up to season eight, and, it, and actually through season eight, they're mirroring one another the entire time. Oh, oh, interesting. Um, so Cersei has three children. So does Daenerys. She has the three dragons. Right. Um, they she, die. She loses, uh, the, she loses the first one. Uh, both of them lose the first one, which are ultimately, well, Joffrey is evil and right. Viserion becomes evil, evil, so to speak. Right. right? Um, the second deaths were both shockers. So she leaves, she loses Marcella, like when she's in her grasp, like ready to come home. Right. And we see that completely bogus, random death of Rhaegal, right. which I blame Jon Snow for. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, that happens randomly as well, right? right. So they, they both have this going on. They're both constantly threatening to, you know, burn cities to the ground from season one. Um, right. And they don't really have anyone that they trust. So Daenerys kind of has this in Jorah Mormont, like after he's betrayed her X amount of times, right? right. But these two characters are really kind of like mim mimicking one, on one another. And I think that what they were trying to do in season eight was to kind of flip the script on both of them for right. the audience, right? Because this is kind of the theme in, in Martin's writing is that he's... His big criticism of Tolkien's Lord of the Rings is that you have very, like, you know, fine lines, or I should say thick lines, rather, between good and evil. Right. right. We don't, we never really, with the exception of perhaps like Frodo, who's actually being changed by the ring, we don't really see the dynamics of um, any of the characters within the Fellowship. Right. Right. They're all good. That's it. They're fighting evil. That's what we're going to do. And Martin really doesn't like that framework. Right. So he, what he always wanted to do was kind of show the, you know, the breadth of these characters yeah. and how there is no good and evil in any one person, which I think is brilliant. Yeah, um, but what, what they seem to have done in, in season eight very quickly was try to do that with these two characters and there just wasn't enough time. There wasn't enough time. So when, you know, Cersei is crying her eyes out underneath the Red Keep and she's about to die, I don't care. What I wanted was for Daenerys to, like, fly up to the Red Keep, blow the doors off of it, and yeah. then walk into the throne room on the back of Drogon and have a confrontation, which is what everyone has wanted yeah. for eight years Actually, or nine, ten years, whatever it's been now. I wanted Arya to do it. Or that, you know, I want but Arya you, to do it. Yeah. yeah, Arya would have been a perfect person to, to take down Cersei Lannister. But oops, we've already had her. But knock she did off it. Yeah, she knocked off a huge character, yeah, yeah, which made absolutely again. no sense. And I don't know why they're talking about. Oh, we've decided three years ago that she's going to kill the Night King when you've had all of these face-offs between John and the Night King. And the Night King. Yeah. You know, you foreshadowed that. You've built that up pretty much ever since. What is it? Maybe. When when was uh, it was season seven where you had the you know Viserion goes down and John's literally staring at him 
And then you go back to hard home. John's staring at him, ready to fight. And we don't get that payoff. Yeah. Right? And where did the... We're we're going in another direction here. This is another topic, and I'm sure we'll get to this, because the Azora High topic is a huge one for me. But, um, yeah, I think that that's what they, you know, they ultimately were trying to do. Was to is to create this this depth in all of the characters, and you, you see them trying to illustrate this. They actually do a great job of illustrating it during the battle uh, of the bells, so to speak, right. with all of the you know Stark men in the good guy armor right. doing all the bad guy stuff. Right, you know, right, and then right. you even see Lannister soldiers like ushering out like innocent people, and they're the good guys. And, and we've always associated that Lannister crimson with like you know the bad guys, the bad guys, yeah. right? So they did an amazing job of that. As much criticism I have for the show, they did a fantastic job. Mm. Um, but with the main characters, you need to give me a little bit more development for me to buy into it in a way that I'm going to be really satisfied. Right? You know, and that's why when Daenerys died, it was almost like a, a letdown. It was almost like a I was like, oh okay. Like, this is just a mercy killing now. Like, what is this? Yeah. 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 And it happened so quickly. Yeah. Way too fast. It happened so quickly. Yeah. And so, like, that's it? I like, I, like, after it happened, I just kind of looked at it and went, that's it? And, I mean, like, I felt for the dragon. Oh, one of the coolest shots of the whole series, though, was that... From the moment that that whole sequence was was excellent. Like, it was beautiful, with, yeah. With John standing outside with Drogon and then... You know, the yeah. Iron Throne getting melted. Those shots were just epic. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, that was a beautiful moment. But still, it was kind of, it was, it was, it made, it really made no sense in the, in how it was done and how quickly it was done. And where was her Kingsguard? And like, where, like, you, do you know that, like, it just, you, and they, yeah. what, what's going, why, why? That, that was so, I was so angry. Well, I mean, for me, still the bigger letdown was basically the whole season with Cersei. We had very little of her, so I think, okay, they're saving her for a big payoff. Something usually climactic. And I almost didn't care what what it was. If it was something sacrificial, if it was a gruesome, elaborate death, if it was something even, I don't know, whether she lived or died at the end, I just wanted it to be rich and rewarding. And I didn't get that from either her or Jane. It just felt like a cheat, and it felt like that I really, without knowing it, had lost her a season prior. And and that to me was almost worse than like a random or sudden death, like um, like we think the story strokes with with Danny were at the very end. I just think, and I don't know if you caught this, Joe, but Alyssa was saying that Cersei was her favorite character, and so that's what she felt let down by. It wasn't that she just thought. She was one-dimensional, but that the, the, all the potential in the end and what had been set up throughout the series had gone unrealized. And just me as a TV viewer, not a reader, kind of shared that. Right. Uh, it was a very much like, is that all there is? Like, so I understood like, the chatter between episode five and six this season of people saying, oh, they're not really dead, or Jamie's not really dead because there has to be something more. Uh, and, and I just wish there was. Yeah, and I mean, I really... I stand by what I said. She was one dimensional. <laughs> because I think if you go out and ask most people, they're like, I hate Cersei. Cersei was an evil bitch. She was so psychotic. Like, I didn't get the depth of her that I do in the books. And they really wasted Lena Heaty um, he- yeah. in the, uh, the final season. I think she had like three lines. Um, there was like two or three episodes she wasn't even in. And. 
you built her up to be the big bad, I guess, after the night, um, the White Walkers were disposed of. But, and we, like we both said, we don't get the confrontation. She doesn't get a really great ending. She gets sort of like the tragic lover's ending that nobody wanted, nobody cared about, that nobody thought about for, after he was with Brienne. Um, so, yeah. Well, I don't know. That, I just felt cheated. If, if she was going to die, there's one thing, but she deserved better. They Both both she and Jamie deserved better, and Jamie's another one of my favorite characters, so I was doubly disappointed. I, I think that I had issues with a lot of the character development in the series and not necessarily the books because I feel like, um, I mean, I even had a problem with Jon Snow because I feel like they they yeah, didn't change through the series. So, like, Tyrion. Yeah, he became a Mary Sue Jon Snow. Oh, my God, such a Mary Sue. But, like, Tyrion changed. Like, Tyrion was this womanizing, I'm the imp, like, I just want to, like, screw around and drink a lot of wine guy. And then he turned out to be, like, the hand of the queen, you know? I mean, like, he, t- he had a character journey that was super meaty. And we followed it, and we 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 went along for it. I felt like you know, I felt like they took that away from a lot of the characters. I felt like Jamie had a character journey, yeah. um, particularly when he met Brienne. Um, right. I felt like Arya had kind of a character journey. Sansa definitely had a character journey, and she ended up being my favorite character. And if you had asked me that when I started reading the books, I'd have been like, "Oh hell no, this spoiled little bitch." Yeah, I hated her in, in the book. Yeah, uh, you're really not at the point where you start to like her in the books. Right? Yeah, like she's kind of. Um, I think she's at the Erie right now. Yeah, she's Baelish. at the Erie. Yeah, with she Baelish. really hasn't come into her own yet. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I can't agree more. Like Sansa Stark is absolutely awesome in the show. Yeah. Like yeah, by, by like season five, you're just like rooting her. You, on. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Totally behind her. Yeah. Um, to the point where whenever she casts judgment on a character, I'm always like, yes, I'm with her. Yeah. yeah, yeah totally. I agree with Sansa, whatever she wants. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, but, but for a lot of the characters, um, you know, Sam Tarly had a journey, you know, I mean, he had a real character. He, he changed. Um, you know, but there were so, but so many of the main characters actually didn't get that chance to change all of that much. Um, I think Danny was one of them too. I mean, I think in the beginning she did, but I feel like once she went on her mission to, you know, claim the Iron Throne, we didn't get the layers of that character like we did in the books. Because, you know, all of a sudden she went from... You know, the freer of the slaves to, I'm going to burn this place down. Where, whereas in the books, I think we would have seen that nuance. And, and I don't think it's because, oh, the madness of the Targaryens. Like, no, I don't think that's it. She's just a warmonger, like the rest of them. Yeah, so, okay, what are, what are like three things you went into either this season or the last couple episodes hoping would happen that, that didn't? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you have, like, three hours? What do you, what do you think? <laughs> I limited it to three. <laughs> these weren't necessarily my hopes, but these are things that I'm like, wait, that I think there was just no payoff on. There was no payoff about John being a Targaryen. There yep. was no payoff about, you know, the prince who was promised. Yep. Um, the three heads of the dragon, which 
I guess, were cheering Danny and John. I don't know if that really mattered. There was no payoff of... Um, I lost my train of thought. There was no payoff with Bran. Like, there was nothing... So I really don't think they had any idea what to do no, with Bran. No, I don't either. I agree um, with that. <laughs> there was no payoff. I mean, really, there was no payoff with the White Walkers. That felt like fan service. They disposed of a few characters that were... On the, the periphery, yeah, anyway. And nobody really would have cared about. And everything worked out perfectly. And it was an e- you know easily disposed of. There was no payoff with lots of things. <laughs> like, I didn't have any hopes. I'm not like, hey, what about that? What happened to that? Like, I, I do wonder if Illyria Sands is still alive, but I guess I really don't care at this point. But I just think that, like, who cared? It didn't matter that he was a Targaryen. It didn't matter, yeah. you know, Arya didn't kill the Green Eyes. Or, yeah, Green Eyes is what she was up to. Like, <laughs> it didn't matter about the Three-Eyed Raven. It didn't matter about any of the, fan, you know, the fantastical, mythical elements of the show. Well, like, th- this is, this is like, really what I'm talking about with the retconning. Like, we, you, you just made a perfect example of it. Arya didn't kill off the Green Eyes. Well, when was, when was that first introduced to us? Season three? Yeah. Okay, they decided that they were going to have Arya kill the Night King sometime around season five. So they went back, retconned that line, because they didn't have any material from Marin, like I was saying earlier. Right, right. And used it again for this, like, hokey, like, go kill the blue-eyed one. Right. And then she's got this look on her face, like, oh, yeah, I could end this right now. <laughs> you know? And, and But every fan has been wanting to see John do it. Yeah. You've right. been, and... The and biggest... everyone wanted to see Arya kill Cersei, but, you know, it's like, I don't know what they, I don't know what they did, but... They weren't thinking. <laughs> That's what they were doing. They didn't think about it at all. I mean, the worst... I was okay with how they dealt with John being Aegon, right? That I, I thought that that was all right. You it know? was passable. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, fine. In the time you had, I'm good with it. But they built it. To, yeah. Why bother? Why show the whole flashback of his birth? Why make a whole thing about him being a Targaryen? Because because they had to, I think it, it had to do with with the fact that he wasn't a bastard. Like his whole life, he thought he was a bastard, and now it turns out that he's actually heir to the throne. I mean, I think I think they I think that needed to be there. And I think like if Daenerys is going to go crazy, like I think her first thought should be: here's a guy who's really the heir, who has the claim. He's the one I have to get rid of first. I mean. Of course, it's because we didn't get any depth or any development when it came to her madness, so it was not Right, like, what, whatever, it, it's kind of a big mishmash, whatever the ultimate instigating factor or factors were. So if that was really going to be the catalyst, then that needed to have been more pronounced just from a narrative standpoint. Well, yeah, and, like, what about Varys? Like, mm-hmm. Varys, like, who did he send that letter to before he died? Like, what happened there? Why'd he take the rings off? They never, you know, that was a big... Well, here's the thing. I feel like the, the they gave us so many MacGuffins. Like, my biggest disappointment, too, was like, what the hell happened to the Lord of Light? Where'd he go? Yeah, that that, that is that is really the, the biggest, you know, flub. 
yeah. of the entire series, and 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 maybe in in any TV series <laughs> ever, ever, Be- because comet. I mean, yeah, like, the the, the Azora High prince that was promised uh, prophecy started in the first season, right? You, you had that in season one. It's been getting pounded. All of the time. I mean, to the point where I even thought that there might be like, you know, just like fear itself would like kind of trigger John into becoming that when he's at the Battle of the Bastards facing down, you know, a bunch of horses running at him. I right. thought he was going to like pull out a flaming sword or something. Right, uh, right. Anything. Like it, it didn't matter. And th- then there's the whole, you know, Nisa Nisa um, part of the of the prophecy where the original Azura High was became what he was. By forging his sword uh, after plunging it into the heart of his lover, okay. Nisa. So you kind of thought that, well, all right, if we're going to see John kill Danny, he's got maybe some, that's right. going to happen before the battle against the White Walkers, right? Right, or maybe Nisa Nisa is Melisandre and he executes her, or she sacrifices herself to this cause, but they don't pay it off at all, like. It, and it fell off so hard. There's no explanation of it. There's actually not a single mention yep. of Azura High in season eight, <laughs> except for maybe Melisandre like once. Right. Um, so to have that not get paid off to me was that was just so bad. Yeah. Because it's really like the book is about the Starks. Right. The, the book is not about the throne. The book is not, and at least they illustrated that with the montage at the end of the last episode. But for, for me, the book has always been about the Starks. Right. Um, and, of course, you've got all the different houses, and they missed John's payoff. Yeah. They totally missed it. You know, they, get, they did a great job with Arya, even though she should have never been in the spot that she was to kill the Night King. Um, no. But you got to see, like, you know, her use her martial arts skills, but right. not a face. I don't know why... You go and do all that training in Bravos, and then you never put on a face again. Right, she never puts like, a face on again. And that yeah. costs you no money. Right. <laughs> right? And, like, don't give me the ghost excuse with Arya's, you know, face bending, right? Like, <laughs> you could have done it. But in my opinion, like, Alyssa, when you're saying the, the prince that was promised, that's definitely the worst one. Horrible yeah. to not do it. Yeah. So... It- it, it, it sounds like our minds are firmly set based on the way the series ended. So looking back, what are your favorite episodes or moments or relationships or characters from just this, the TV series from the 80s? Oof. Yeah, because let's, let's, let's not just cook the whole thing, right? Right. It, it was fucking It was awesome. good. Come on. Yeah, it right? was. It, it, it was. Blackwater is one of my favorite episodes of TV ever. And I, I know that it was back in season two, but I don't think anything topped it. Yeah, the Battle of the Bastards was great. The Red Wedding. But I, hate, I hated the Red Wedding. Well. I thought they did it so much better in the book. Well, yeah. I thought the book was just such a, I mean, I remember reading that section and my heart just gripping. Right. And, and it was so, and it was so great because he kept talking about how the instruments didn't sound right. right. It was the worst band in the world. It was the worst wedding band, and they didn't sound right. And of course, they didn't sound right because they were weapons. And and they just, I think that that was like, I, I think that's when I started going, oh, I'm not so sure about this now with these guys, and because that was perfect. It was so perfect. 
and it just like ratcheted up the tension. Um, and they, and it was like, and it could have been done so easily. It could have been done so easily and they didn't do it. And, and I was kind of pissed about that. It's funny. I can think of more scenes that I was like excited to see from the books that didn't deliver like the whole scene where Jamie saves Brienne in the bear pit. Um, I think the mountain versus Oberon. Mm-hmm. Wait, you, well, oh, time out. <laughs> Wait a minute. You didn't like Oberyn Martell versus the Mountain? I loved it in the book. In the Maybe, book, we didn't get it. I loved it in the book. Maybe it was because I, like, knew what was coming. That no, I no, no. Time, time out, time out, time out. It doesn't <laughs> happen in the books. It's a, it's a side conversation in the books where some Lannister soldier says that Oberyn Martell had his head smashed in by the Mountain. We don't even get that fight in the books, if I recall. No, it's in the books. Oh, disagreement. It's in the books. I'll tell you why I know it's in the books. Because when I was reading it, I was like, I really want Naveen Andrews from Lost to play this character. Because I'm a big Lost fan. Side, side, I'm going to side note here. And he constantly repeated the same lines over and over in Lost. And I was like, this is perfect. Because over on Martell, I am naming the right character, right? So the Pedro Pascal play, right. yeah. Like, you know... You raped her, you beat her, you killed her children, or whatever you keep saying. I was like, this is perfect for Naveen Andrews. So it happens in the book. Yet, uh, they're pulling those lines out of conversations that Martell has with Tyrion. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'll check on this, and, and if I'm wrong, I, I can be, you know... We'll be... We'll, we'll, we'll we can, the record. We can flog me through the streets. <laughs> and a shame. 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 It doesn't matter, but... It, ha- it must happen in the book because I knew you had it in your head. I had it in my head before the series. Doesn't matter whether whether it happened or not. I'm disappointed. <laughs> and I also, I don't know. It's hard for me to say like what worked for me because when you've read the book and you like vision, envision it in your head and then you see it, um, and this is with like all book to film or TV adaptations, it's like you're bound to be disappointed because it doesn't match. What you first saw. Yeah, you it. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I only got that in season seven, really. Mm-hmm. Six and seven is where that started for me. I just thought it was spot on from, I mean, obviously. From the beginning. Yeah, I mean, we've already mentioned that they've, like, yeah. you know, completely deleted certain storylines. Yeah. But from from what they did, it was, it was, it was pretty accurate. I, for me, I think what pulled me in, and will always remain like season one was just it for me. We had Ned Stark. We had uh, Kate Stark. We had like, we had Robert Baratheon who, I mean, I think Mark Addy is a tremendous actor who just never like, like he did this God awful sitcom and he was wonderful in that. And like, he just like, (laughs) what? That was fun. Jamie Gertz. Jamie Gertz and Mary Maisie was in it. Right? Mary Maisie did have a recurring role, yeah. Yeah, so it was. He's. I agree. I love the beginning more. Uh, I mean, watching it in the last couple seasons, you sort of can clock what a different show it became just by the obvious nature of we've dispatched so many characters. But as you were first meeting them and introducing, getting introduced to them, and there were so many more possibilities of, of what could happen and where this could all go. It was a very different show, and there was an excitement there. 
And I loved like the moments of Tyrion falling in love with the whore there, which and she was terrific too. Shay. Yeah, She's Shay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and and everything with her with with the with Lannister with the dad. Um, what the hell was his name? Tywin. Tywin. Oh my god, that guy's awesome. He was yeah. amazing, you know. I mean, the, I mean, the, the actor, the, those actors that they killed off were <laughs> just, you know, ter- tremendous actors. And um, you know, so it's, it's kind of hard for me to pull out, like, you know, that one scene. But I would say for me, it was really that season one and the devastation of Ned Stark's head on a pike. Yeah, sure. like that was where the shock just started. Yeah, that's- now. Like I, I just was like I was like shocked that they like he was the main character, he was the star of the show, and they killed him. Yeah. And I, it was just such. A, I was like, wait, what? When when I was when someone suggested these books to me, um, and it got to Ned Stark's death, <laughs> the book went across the room. I called my friend. I was like, Are you fucking joking? Like, <laughs> you want me to continue to read this? He's like stick with it trust me and like he ultimately was right but oh my god when ned died whoa because we you know we weren't we weren't used to- i love watching the reaction videos I'm, I'm like ned stark death red wedding um, you know any of those reaction videos are just hilarious like after the red wedding you just go you, you just like look at all the characters and you're like your days are numbered you know which is why i also think the the final that final battle the battle of the white walkers was such a letdown mm-hmm. because he did he killed his darlings like martin killed his darlings he killed the fan favorites and he didn't have any qualms about it and you just had to find your new favorite and that so many people walked away from that battle which was supposed to be like the battle of the century was um was kind of hard to swallow i just on a side note i just want to let you know that um I invited my best friend over to watch the red wedding with me just to watch her reaction. Yeah. Alyssa knew it was coming, but her best friend did not. Oh, that's oh. Enjoy. Alyssa would have fared very well in Westeros. <laughs> yeah. That's why I like Cersei so much. Um, no, I agree. I think that you're absolutely right, Karen. For a show that, for that a show that had no so qualms about yeah. killing anyone and everyone... To just be like, well, we are a Barrington, Dorian, and Ed, who's been presumed dead more yeah. times. Not like, who cares? But I, although I liked those characters, but it was like, you mean to tell me that no one else could have gotten killed? I also, I also said that about the dragon fire. It's like, wow, this dragon has great aim to not take out any. Very precise. Yeah, yeah. No With friendly the fire. fire. Yeah. <laughs> We were on uh, we were on the good stuff though, right? Yeah, the good yeah, stuff. Yeah, what was yeah. your good stuff? Um, Hard home was awesome. So that's the that's the episode where uh, John's first face off with the Night King, and he does that like you know the slow arm raise and lifts up all of the, the dead wildlings. Oh, nice uh, one! That right, was amazing. I, just I love that, that stuff so beyond cool. the wall. I forgot about all that. Yeah, yep. yeah. A lot of uh, just watching any scene. Uh, from you know the Iceland sets, yeah, was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful, just gorgeous. Yeah, um, I don't know if there's like particular episodes that stick out to me, but there are, you know, very specific shots right. that I just thought were. I'll always remember them. Like you know, Davos standing um, alone at dawn before the Battle of the Bastards, or before um, 
Yeah, before the Battle of the Bastards. Mm. That, like, one scene with the sun coming up. Um, Arya in front of the, the House of Black and White. Right. You know, just all of the, you know, the um, the Titan of Bravos. when you see that for the first time. The Iron Bank, uh, the Citadel. Like, all of these, like, really kind of just, like, memorable things that you always wanted to see. Right. They nailed. Right. You know, as, as as much as you want to complain about the show, like didn't pull through for me, they they gave you a visualization of the of the, the world, world that Martin created, and they absolutely nailed it. And it's kind of the same way I feel about Peter Jackson, and it, that you know, the same thing. He 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 gave us Middle Earth. Yes. And it was perfect. Yeah. It looked exactly like Middle Earth was supposed to look. Yeah. Um, we can bitch and moan about Tom Bombadil not being in the movies, and you know, no, we like, can't. We don't. We don't need to bitch and moan about that. I'm I, fine with Tom Bombadil not being. Oh my <laughs> God, no way! Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, there's a lot of like different things that we can complain about, and I think that one of the you know takeaways that like fans kind of have to have here is that this is a huge task. Yes. You know, it's so hard to do this. Yes. Because the material's so good. And pulling it off is really difficult, you know, especially a close. Like, how do you get it to be as, you know, climactic as you would want it to right, be right, right, right. when you've had these things like the Red Wedding and Ned's death and Oberyn fighting and Hardhome and Battle of the Bastards. There's all these like epic moments in the show. It's tough to wrap it up. I so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm empathetic to their Complete and utter yeah. failure. <laughs> <laughs> but still, like, it's like, uh, uh, but yeah, I think my, I, honestly, uh, as much as we've been hating on season eight, um, episode two was, was my favorite episode of the entire series. The one where they were having the heart to heart. Yeah, yeah. When they're, you know, when pod's singing, you know, Jenny's song, yeah, which, right. you know, for those of you who haven't or didn't understand what that, that was look it up. There's tons of videos like explaining, you know, Jenny of Old Stones and right. how that was significant to the Targaryen line and Rhaegar and um but yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it was, it good, was it so was good, good that episode. I think that's what sort of gave us the utter disappointment too in the episodes <laughs> to follow because they did hit all the right notes in that episode. Yeah. And then just and then it just kind of tumbled into like, what the hell were they thinking? Because they did hit it with that episode, and then it just all fell apart. Right. It went from, like, you know, a beautiful violin to a 10-year-old banging on drums in your basement. Yeah. You know, it was just like, okay, <laughs> I got it. Yeah, you're just like, oh, great. Just Thanks. just end it so I can see what happens in case, like, you know, Martin doesn't finish these right. books. Right. <laughs> Well, in a way, that's how I kind of how I feel like what happened. Right. They were like, "We're just going to show you how it ends because he's never going to finish the books." Yeah, like that's how I feel like we like what what we were given. Like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe 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 we got the ending we deserved because we've all been bitching about this for so yeah. long. <laughs> well, that's actually a question I had, and I think you had one too. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I don't want to interrupt too long, but could. Would this show have been the same if, you know, budgets and effects and such were what they were earlier in an age that didn't have as much audience involvement and interaction? Like, if we didn't have the internet and social media where the audience had a voice the way we do now, 
would the show have been the same? Would it have pierced the culture the same way? You know, it's funny you say that because I was thinking about, I was on Twitter reading reactions this afternoon, and I was like, thank God we didn't have, we really didn't have Twitter and social media and all of these think pieces. Mm, the worst. When Lost was on. I mean, Lost ended the very, sort of like the cusp of social, all of this starting to happen. Yeah, and everyone wasn't on Twitter at this People complained so much about Lost as it was. They're like, could you have imagined? And they had 22 episode seasons for the most part. Um, and network TV. Budget, doing, yeah. yeah. But like, I don't know. A lot of it I do think was fan service. I think like the battle, in my opinion, I think the, the battle of Winterfell felt like fan service. Like, people want a big battle. We have to do, you know. Having Arya kill the Night King felt like fan service to me because everybody loves Arya. Um, so no. I think, no. yes, having Brienne sleep with Jamie felt yeah, like fan service. Having, having Jamie, having, with having Jamie like, run to Cersei with, without us being able to see really what was going through his mind there to me felt like Well, because everyone was like, oh, he's fulfilling the prophecy. He's going to go out and kill her. And that's exactly what didn't happen. Right. Uh, but <laughs> Clegane Bowl felt like fan service. Yeah. So... It was, you yeah, know, I agree with you there. I don't know about Arya Stark killing the Night King as fan service. No, fan service would have been John doing it. I mean, that's what's going to happen in the books. I, I cannot see Martin having Arya, Arya Stark kill it. the Night King. No, I don't see Martin doing having any of this happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know, but I feel like people love Arya so much, so it was like, who we want to see save the day? I mean, people have turned on John, had turned on John already. Like I said, he's the Mary Sue. I don't know. I just think that Arya, that was fan service. Well, it didn't help John's case to basically make him... Now, let's just pause, because okay, Arya Stark is my absolute favorite yes. character. Because I, I can't stand her, so that's interesting. To the, to, to the point of, like, I would finish an Arya chapter and, like, just, like, flip ahead. To read the next one. And see how long it would take to get to the next one. And, like, burn through, you know, the... Proceeding chapters and going there again, but like really just were the worst for me. So I mean, I don't know how it's fan service to have Arya kill the Night King when it wasn't foreshadowed at all. So much. I that's that's the thing. You're because it's like it wasn't foreshadowed. Nobody thought of it, but it's like and I still don't know how she got there. Yeah, it's like everybody's like Arya's best. Arya is the coolest. We love Arya. Emmy for Maisie Williams. Maisie Williams is the best actress in the show. That I think that that propelled that storyline. I think everybody would have loved her whether she killed the Night King or not because she was in there doing the battle anyway. Like, you know. Well, this is, this is what I'll say. If, if what they did in season eight, I'm sorry, if what they did in season eight was fan service, they were reading the wrong fan blogs. <laughs> because there, there were, like, you know, all of your top, you know, Game of Thrones theorists on YouTube. So, like, the gray areas, Talking Thrones, Ideas of Ice and Fire, Secrets of the Citadel. These people were nailing what was going on in the books compared to the show. Right. And they've got millions of, of uh, you know, listeners. So all of these theories that were coming out um, or whatever Dan and Dave were using to, you know, gauge what they were going to do with fan service right. was the wrong way to go. I don't think that they were trying to do fan service at all. I think that they were what they were trying to do was mimic 
Martin's shock value, and they just completely fucked it and up. They fucked it up, yeah. You know, it, the Arya thing made no sense. You know, uh, so uh, I don't know. Maybe we just view it a little bit differently. Alyssa, but, uh, <laughs> I, I do not agree. I think I'm sorry, not letting this go. Like then, explain Bran and Jamie today. People were like, they're the best couple. I love them together. Oh, I love them. One should pair. You know, OTP. <laughs> oh well, I think Tor- Tormund made more sense to me. Right. Um, yeah, I think it was fan service to do the. Brian and Jamie thing, but I also kind of thought that that could happen when I was reading. Yeah, I did think that could happen when I was reading because she had such a crush on him. Yeah. Right. I loved them together in the book. I love that storyline. It's one of my favorites in the in the books, but like... Well, she also, I mean, it's in terms of character arcs, she, she changed Jamie. She was the catalyst for Jamie's transformation. She's also bringing him to be killed in the books right now, so... Yeah, that's true. She is, yeah. <laughs> And he almost gets her killed, so. Um, but in the end, it didn't matter because he runs back to Cersei and his redemption didn't matter, so. Well, right, and so we get the most uh, badass chick in the entire show standing there crying her eyes out. I was like, come on, I you're know. ruining this for me. I know, what are you that, doing? that was like. Yeah, crazy. Would you guys ever go back and watch it again from the beginning? Yes. Would you would you get to a point where you stopped? Probably. I would probably stop after the season six finale, the wildfire. I want to go back and see. I want to go back and see and revisit Ned Stark. I want to see the baby direwolves again. They were really <laughs> cute. Little ghost. <laughs> we ghost. Oh my god. And Namira. and I mean, there were so many wolves that died. Right. But all yeah, the other, like... They couldn't, uh, they oh, that's stupid. Yeah. I do have a question for you that I, I like, grapple with myself. It's like, if the books ever do come out... That's what I was going to ask. Are you going to read them? I know the yes, answer is absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, you have to. I was like, even... This, yeah, but let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> is there, like... Do you... Do you feel like your interest level has waned, or is it has it grown, or do you think that like you're more interested because you want to see if it mirrors the show, or like where does your interest level lie now? With- I want to see what I I, I want to read the books partly. I mean, definitely partly because I want to know what Martin really wants to do. I don't think this is how he wants it to end. I don't either. I, don't I, I really can't in my head come to terms with this is how he wants this series, his series to end. It, in terms of what? Well, in terms of... I mean, I mean, maybe he does, but I I, but gonna, it needs to I make think, sense. Like it doesn't make sense to I me right now, and I want to make see, sense of it. Yeah, I think we'll see Daenerys devolve in the books. I think that we'll see John kind of take a you know a, a back seat after killing the Night King. Uh, <laughs> John kills yeah, the Night King right yeah. <laughs> uh, over and over. <laughs> um, and I could definitely see Bran sitting the throat. In the books. But I don't sure. think but again we didn't get we didn't get enough of a build up to that in the show and that I don't even think we've gotten enough of a build up to that in the books yet. Right. I agree. Um, I don't think we need a build up for that. I think that's, you know, all the main lords and ladies or queens who are potentially going to take the throne 
you know, die or are exiled. It made complete sense to me that John left. You know, a lot of people were... No, it made sense to me that John left. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Arya leaving made sense. The North taking independence made total sense. I could definitely see that because, again, I feel like it's a, it's really a story about the Starks. Right. Um, right. And Bran is our first POV character after, you know, yeah. the the uh, the opening scene with uh, the White Walkers. You know, so our very first chapter in, in Game of uh, a Game of Thrones, the first book of A Song of Ice and Fire, is Bran. I would have liked to have seen Tyrion take the throne. I don't think would have wanted it. I would have liked to have seen Tyrion take the throne. He's sort of like you know the he's the audience surrogate. I don't think I don't think it would have happened. But I'm glad he survived. I wasn't really worried, but I'm glad he survived. I'm glad they all survived him. But yeah, no, yes. I, I definitely want to read it, and I definitely want to see where Martin takes the character. So maybe it's not necessarily what he that this wasn't the ending he had in mind, but I want to see the character development to get us there because I don't think that we've had it. My okay. final question then is: Will we ever see this book? No, two books. Yeah, no. though for Game of Thrones now because that was the other thing I I haven't been paying enough attention like some of the chatter that I saw online was talking about how they felt like this ending was just a big setup to the next step in the series and this is not and and I and since I don't know what that is I'm not sure what that is I don't know what they were referring to I mean Joe, Joe you'd have some yeah, that's all I thought had been announced. What's it called? Moonblood? What is the prequel? Oh, I didn't even I remember. Saw the, I saw the name of it today. I saw the prequel and it's going to have like Denise Goff and Alex Sharp and a ton of other people. A bunch of theater cool stalwarts, yeah. Um, I don't even know what it's supposed to follow. Do I, either of you? I think that um, part of the reason that we didn't get much of the Night King storyline wrap up is that one of these prequels is going to be set in the, the distant past right. with the children of the forest and, you know, the original first men who were the Starks, um, the Boltons, right. um, who are going to be fucking brutal. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, like, maybe we'll see something more about um, the creation of the White Walkers and, mm-hmm. and how that all went down. So I'm, I'm hoping that we get that because if... I were HBO, and I were going to run a series on that. Yeah, I'd probably make a play at not giving you what you want in the end of Game of Thrones for that Night King wrap-up. That kind of makes right. sense to me, and like I'm cool with that if I'm going to get a whole other series of White Walkers. Right. You know, because I love that stuff in the books. But yeah. um, I think there's another uh, prequel being thrown around 
about um, Aegon's conquest. I think that's the other one that they would they okay. mention, which would be cool. But that's not that that's not the one that's moving forward yet, right? No, I think the one that's moving forward is they intended to call it the Long Night. I'm, I'm not sure that's what Martin's aim is, and I mm. believe that he's going to be heavily involved in this one. So less writing time. <laughs> We're never going to um, see those books. <laughs> but you know, we've got he's got thousands and thousands of pages of source material for that stuff, so it's going to be solid. And right. of course, we've got. A world of ice and fire, which was a great, um, you know, his history book that he had put out. Um, I love that they gave that to the fans in the uh, in the final episode there with Sam putting it down on the table. Right. That was pretty cool. But yeah, we'll see. I don't know what the third one is. I know that there's a third one. There is a third one. Around. Yeah. I would. Lo- what I would really love to see is even if it happens a while from now would be just um, a season of single character one-off catch-up episodes. I think that that would garner a ton of attention. So, so like, just so seeing what's going on with Arya. Yeah. Oh, like where Arya has yeah, gone. Give, give, like, what is West of Westeros? Yeah, give yeah. me those, like, wrap-ups. Like, what's John doing in the North with, with Ghost? We didn't talk about Ghost at all. Uh, <laughs> our favorite, our favorite dire wolf, the little puppy. Yeah, the pupper. Yeah, a puppy. The yeah. one ear. So, can I just confirm though? Because this had this had me a little thrown at this episode. So they send John, they they send John back to to the the wall, and they, like he's banished back to the wall. But he doesn't actually stay at the wall. He is gone with the free folk, and he's going to live north of the wall. Right. Yes. Yeah. I have a lot of questions here. Okay. First of all, why do we still even need the wall? Tyrion. Um, well, Tyrion explains. He says, you know, we need some place to send the wayward men and the bastards, and so I think it's more now of like Australia. But they've always had. They've always had. They've always had that. That's always been the wall. That's always where they've sent the bastards and the. But but why do we need the wall now? Because the White Walkers are gone. I I don't know. I guess it's more of symbolic. More of like where do we like Tyrion says it's like where do we send those that we have no place for? Um, I don't know. Who knows what's out there? But and why and and so John, even though he was banished to be part of Castle Black again, He's he decides that he's just going to go go with, go, go say, ah, fuck it, and I'm going to go north and, and just be free. But nobody from Castle Black is stopping him. I don't think anyone cares. Nobody cares. John does at Castle Black. Right. He's got carte blanche at Castle Black. Right. But, um, yeah, in the books, there is no Night King. Right. Right, so I don't know how, and that's... This know. is a, yeah. this is something totally new. We don't see this at all in the books. Right. So the show has a physical being that's the Night King. I, I guess the way I interpreted, you know, there still being a Night's Watch is that the Great Other, as it's right. described in in the books, could manifest again. Right. So yeah. So is there still a threat beyond the wall, or could there still be a threat beyond the wall? Again, definitely an answer that we should have had from Bran Stark, which we did not get. But maybe we'll get in the prequel. 
maybe we get something regarding that in the prequel. Maybe we'll see a, a different Night King die in the prequel and then come back. Right. Or something like that. Right. Which would give us something to think about in Game of Thrones. <laughs> After the fact. After the fact. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was sort of like an easy way out because I think even the writers were like, well, what do we do with John? We send him right back to where he came from. It it didn't really make any more. It didn't really make any sense um, to me. I thought it was like kind of a stupid ending for him. But I also was disappointed that we didn't get to see him either confess to killing Daenerys or to see them finding out that he killed Daenerys. Yeah, we had we skipped a lot of transitions. We we skipped over a lot of segues. We just went from bold. Uh, events to events, which is, for me is kind of like the the big sacrifice. Because storytelling wise, I love those moments of the, the, the small things or you know the, the handoffs. We go from A to C a lot in these last yeah. few seasons. And I, it was more disappointing because I felt like if you're going to have eighty minute episodes and make a big deal about having eighty minute episodes, then make every minute count. Make every minute count, which I know we spoke a little bit about. The second episode, the one where is it the one where Brienne gets knighted? Is that that's the one where she gets knighted. Yeah. I, that episode was a waste of time because, for the most part, because it's like, well, everybody thinks they're gonna die, so let's have sex, let's do this, let's sing, let's knight people. It's like I don't need eighty minutes of this because we already love these characters. We are already on their side. Like, I could have gotten more Cersei. <laughs> you know, I could have gotten more of Daenerys. Like. Really segue. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think of all of the films where we have the the night before the battle. Type in of scene. eighty minutes of it, it's though, did we? Like, wonderful. You know? No, I think I think it made sense in that context. Is you know this was going to be that sort of epic, the epic battle, and the night before, and just the fear and the anticipation. And the moments between the characters, that rang really true to me. Right, like I, how, I love that. Yeah, episode. how do you not show the, the night before the end like of the world? Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. What do you do the night before? You, right, the night the, before the end of the world, This is a question that like, every human being asks yeah. themselves. If you had one more day to live, or like, you know, it's like one of those hypothetical things. What would you do if you had Powerball? If right. you had one more day to live. You know, the apocalypse yeah. is coming. What would you do? But when you have when you're on borrowed time for a television season, I don't think we needed a whole episode, especially when we had two episodes without Cersei or without King's <laughs> Landing. I know I'm on this, but it's like we had two episodes without King's Landing. That when it's like okay, we're now going to travel by map to King. Everyone go off to King's Landing in the fourth episode. It's like we have no idea like what they were doing, what their strategy was doing, like what their strategy was, like. They, but they weren't doing anything. They've already established that she's essentially like waiting. Yeah, I mean they, that's why that's why I kind of was like because nothing was happening at King's Landing. She was just being yeah, she was just ruling. That's why we got the Game of Thrones quick travel uh, because Daenerys made the point to say if we don't get down there, she's going to continue to reinforce her power. Right. So we need. To yeah, move. I don't know. I just i I didn't need a whole episode. I and I think like. Even, like, I think, like, five minutes of Tyrion walking around King's Landing in the last episode, it was like, I could have had an episode, I could have had a scene with Jon being like, hey, guess what, I 
stabbed Daenerys or something. You know he must have confessed right away. He's so noble like that. Um, well, I mean, the dragon took her body out. There was no body. She could have just walked out and said, fuck right. it. <laughs> exactly. Like, he didn't have to say anything. That's why I'm like, you know he was, you know he right went right down and was like, guess what, guys? I stabbed her. Um, and I also had the same question you did, Karen. Where it was like, where's her guard? Where's her unsullied? Like, how did no one, how is no one up there with her? I, so that felt, I don't know, I felt cheated in that sense. Yeah, there's there's a lot of disappointment here, I think. Um, and I, but I do agree, it doesn't diminish everything that sort of happened before, and the reason why we love this. But I think that's also why I was so disappointed is because I did love it so much, and to not get that sort of satisfying conclusion really feels like I feel cheated. And I especially, and I said to Doug, like, a couple weeks ago, I was like, I bet they do something where it's like, nobody's going to sit on the Iron Throne, and we're going to let the people decide. It just felt like it was going that way um, to me. And I disappointed it ultimately was Bran. Yeah, because I didn't really like him, and he bored me. But I think that it was nice, like, that scene in, um, with the small council at the end. It was like, this is nice. These are people... These are, you know, good people who we've rooted for and followed over the last eight seasons who now hold the power. And I hated that, that scene. scene. was awful. I hated that scene. I was like, who the hell are these people? That was fantastic. I couldn't remember them. Not that scene. The scene after um, with with Tyrion and, and Bronn and, and Davos, the small council. Oh, the small council. I, yeah, I thought you meant the, when you were picking. Oh, well, I hated that. I wasn't crazy about that scene either. But it was like, it left you with the idea that there's hope. You know, we have these people who, I don't know about Bronn, but for the most part, like, Sam and right. Brienne and, and Davos are, like, good people who are righteous people, and you have to believe that there's hope of course power corrupts so who knows but <laughs> um yeah and he's there you know petitioning to have the brothels built first yeah so i'm not sure how hopeful i was with but, him as the master of coins something i did enjoy the fact that edmure tully did get a happy yeah. ending and everything <laughs> um and i love tobias menzies so i was happy to see him on screen but yeah i think i liked i liked that like you know Sansa got a happy ending, and Arya and John got what they wanted, essentially. And hopefully, there'd be peace. I I, I liked the actual ending. Ending. Um, just it was how we got there that I was like, oh, that's it. Mistakes were made. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. When you think about it, the last line. So script-wise, the last right. line from a named character in the entire series was a jackass and a honeycomb walk into a brothel. <laughs> oh my god, that was the last line. That's the last line of ten years of scripting. <laughs> that is pathetic. <laughs> that was the last line. Right at that small council meeting, which nobody needed. No one needed Tyrion to be walking around the table... Setting it up to look pretty. But yeah. I, I know. I think that there's like, you know, like I said, 
it's like now we have these people who were sort of disenfranchised and powerless and be rewarded because they were on the right side. They were good. They were, although what is good and what is bad. But, um, yeah, I think there was, it was good to like have a laugh or it was good to, you know, it was funny when Davos said Sir Braun was, you know, of Sir Braun of lofty titles. Like, that was funny. Well, um, Brian like, got into that small council meeting by blackmailing someone. Yeah. <laughs> but, so I'm not sure where we're going with that. Like, I also, I didn't care for the Brienne scene. Oh, the, the Jamie? Yeah. I mean, as much as I love Jamie, I didn't think... I mean, I don't really think she... He deserved that. I don't think she should have, like... Oh no! That was part. I oh, think wow. I, I that thought was, that like, was yeah. I, I I liked that moment because it was it gave it, it gave that that coupling closure. Um, and I think that it also. I mean, he was the 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 what, what the hell was the term for the, what they were? He's the Lord Commander. Lord Commander of the Kingsguard. Of the Kingsguard. Yes. and they were the ones that they they were always in that record book, and that was like a big part of the the right. books. You I've know? always thought that that would be the wrap up for for his or her character. Would have they'd have would, to go would, in would, there? Would yeah, be going in there and writing that down because yeah. they've Martin makes it clear, D and D make it clear. Jamie Lannister is obsessed with what goes into that book. Yeah. So that made complete sense to me. Yeah, but if I was Brienne, I'd be like, fuck him. <laughs> like, he left me to go back to his sister. He was a stupid thing. And then died. Like, no. I don't know. That, that was my problem with it. Like, he left her, and for her, I always love Brienne. I love her little crush on Jamie. I love her relationship with Jamie. I love that they make her vulnerable and they make her, um, she, girly, something, not feminine, but like, you know, girly when it comes to men, she likes Renly. Like, I liked that about her, but. What about, about Renly? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was never going to love her. He was never going to love her, no. She had a better shot with Jamie. (laughs) I had no problem with her being empathetic to him. I I thought I thought it was a beautiful moment, and I mean, she if she really you know she loved him. It's also so like the, the and honored him, you know. Yeah, one of one of the themes of their their relationship is honor and duty. Yeah, you know, when we're talking about love and duty earlier in the episode with Tyrion and John, right? So it. It is her duty as the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard, which it appears that that's she what she is, now, is yeah. um, to put that into the book. So yeah. it's kind of a – I think that it's kind of true to to Brienne that it's it's her responsibility to go ahead and, and do that. And it was so bittersweet, her writing at the end. He died right. protecting the queen, like doing what he wanted to do most, which was protect the queen. And I thought that was like heart-wrenching, sort of like bittersweet moment because... For her to write that. For her to write that because yeah. there there was such... There were so many layers within that truth, you know, of what he was doing there. I didn't like it because he leaves her after she sleeps with him and gives her gives him her virginity and she still has... She write, he, they make her write he died protecting his queen, which is, you know, layered, more layered than that. You know, we know he loved her. He loved his sister. <laughs> he had three kids with her, maybe four. Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
to make her write that, and that that was my problem with it. From from more of a logistic standpoint than a plot summary. I agree. Uh, standpoint. I agree with you. Plot wise, it's like yeah, that is sweet, but like. I don't know. I think character-wise, it made total sense for her to do it. I mean, again, because we're back to, you know, she was an honorable woman. She was going to keep that book, and she also loved him, and she wants to honor him in the in and his bravery for, you know, what he did through his really through his career as 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 a member right. of the King's Guard. You know, I mean, this was sort of. It, it, I think that she under if if any character understands that this is bigger than themselves, I think it would be Brienne. You know, right. who else is going to write that story? Yeah, you know that she understands that all of this is bigger than her. You know, and and I think that that's. I I always felt it, that that was what she sort of like got her through. Right? Can you imagine like seeing her like open the book and like rip his page out? Like, what else is she supposed to do? Like, be bitter because he went back to Cersei, to yeah. the woman that he ultimately loved and, right. you know, fathered three children with. And, right. Uh, okay. I mean, I mean, what? Yeah. What her? What should her reaction be? Yeah. There? Oh, I I thought I appreciated that scene because of the other crap that we got in this episode. I appreciated that scene so much. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so much, so much after all the crap that they threw at us. And I was like, like, why is that, of all things, that needed closure? Like, who was even thinking about that? That, I just didn't, I didn't need that scene. Well, what would you have done with her? Let me pose it that way. I don't need it. I don't need it. We had so little of her as it was with this last season, I didn't need that. I was good with her just being, you know, part of the small council. Exactly. No, I would have wanted closure. If all we see of her before she gets on the small council is her sobbing in the middle of Winterfell because Jamie left, that's not who this character is. I think I think we needed that because we needed to see a strong Brienne again. Yeah. Especially to buy that she is going to be sitting on that council. And behold. Yeah. Yeah. Because they left her in such a I also place. think it kind of like minimizes her to think that like she can't get over like a one lost love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like fights a bear. Can't get over Jamie Lannister. I don't, I don't know. I think, I think she can handle it. (laughs) She can handle it. She's a tough cookie. Yeah. Uh, Well, I think we've now spoken. Oh, one last thing. But she's romantic. And that's, I, that's just my thing with her. She's romantic. Like, Deep down, she is um, behind her exterior, she, her tough exterior that turns men away a lot of times. She's romantic, so, you know. Anyway, I'm done with Brienne. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the exact reason she would open that book and write that stuff. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I do too. I, I did not need the scene. I didn't need closure on that. Like, I think we're projecting. <laughs> a little bit, maybe. I'm not sure. Right, right, right. right. But I'm just saying, like, from a female perspective, like, we didn't need that scene. We didn't need her, who was wronged by this man, to, like, be responsible to, like, make sure his reputation was whole. Oh, but from a female perspective, I don't know. I saw that as somebody who was just honoring the dead. I don't I don't think that it needed and to be a I statement. I don't think it should have been her responsibility. Because I don't think 
But that it, but as, as, as the, as the commander, it actually is her responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're getting a little yeah. caught up on Brienne of Tarth. <laughs> Yeah, so okay. Well, so at this point, I think our, our episode is longer than the last two episodes have been. Um, <laughs> it might be a good point to close the book ourselves. But before we do, I think, Joe, you wanted to give a shout out to the YouTube clip you have oh, seen. Geez, man, oh, while he's looking that. that up, I do want to throw out one more thing. There were a couple of people who have said to me, well, I don't watch Game of Thrones because da da da. I don't watch soap operas. Who thinks that this is a soap opera? No. Thank you. Is this a because I'm like sort of it's it sort of like I would just kind of stand there and look at them and blink a lot. No, and I mean it's it's serialized storytelling. It ain't no soap. Actors with continuing stories and characters. But the way they're using soap opera is very pejorative, and they're, you can find similarities between the soaps and what Game of Thrones was, but that's what soap operas do at their best, was what Game of Thrones is by its own definition, not to be dismissed or sneezed at in any way. Right. I want to see The Night King on an episode of As the World Turns. We should put in... You know what? We, I wish they had The Night King on Melrose Place. <laughs> I know. If there was any way that we could tie it back to it, it would be fantastic. I know, and they could live with Amanda because she's the Ice Queen. (gasps) See what what I did? Okay, you found him? Uh, Yeah, so the title of the video is Game of Thrones, Why Daenerys Was Cersei All Along, and it's on a channel called The Take. It's a pretty cool video if you're you're interested in seeing the... uh, these two parallel stories. Got to give, I thought, gotta I give that, props. You can't yeah, just throw someone's shit a, out there without telling about them. That was a really good fan theory, um, or theory, Game of Thrones theory, I should say, because a lot of the fan theories that I see flying around the mainstream outlets are kind of shite, so that's a good one. Excellent. Cool. So, hey, guys, tell us what you thought of Game of Thrones. Tell us if you think it's a soap opera. And you can hit us up at Back on the Block Pod on Facebook. Yeah. Hey, Joe, is there anywhere we can find you if you are a public figure indeed? Oh, no, I'm not a public figure. I'm, I'm a very secretive <laughs> figure. Uh, however, um, we, we may do something for the, uh, the upcoming Tolkien. We may. We're, we're going to be discussing a, a, a maybe project and, um, I will probably be doing something for the next Game of Thrones, uh, or I should say World of Ice and Fire uh, podcast. Nice. Uh, series coming up. So either way, I'll uh, I'll get some info out there. Yeah, you know what? When you're ready, we should bring, bring you back on. We'll talk about it. We will do that. Let's do that. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Cool. Thanks for having me. It's fun. Anytime. Thanks for the beer. I know. Yeah. Sometimes I'm lit as hell when I do these things. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, okay, guys, I'm drunk. Everyone's drunk. We've got four people on a podcast just yapping over each other. Cool. So, Alyssa, thank you as always. Thanks for having me. For joining. And uh, I guess we'll be back to more regularly scheduled programming next week when you can find us where else? Back on the block. <laughs>